contract employees mostly. So I know the mines get a lot of contract employees. They bring up executives. So that's some of the higher end rentals, not so much vacation properties. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey everybody, Sarah Larby here and thanks for tuning in again this week. We've got an amazing guest. Tristan Ritchie, and we are going to learn about the Sudbury markets and some of the great investments there, along with uh, his story, how he started, and everything in between. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Before we do that, I want to bring in Dahlia from Streetwise Mortgages to talk about today's tip of the week and what is important to know when it comes to mortgages and financing. Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and today I will share with you a tip on advanceable mortgages and why, as an investor, you should set those up on as many properties as you can. Let me start by explaining what an advanceable mortgage is. An advanceable mortgage is a mortgage product whereby a dynamic line of credit is attached to the mortgage, and as you pay down the principal of the mortgage, the line of credit increases by an equal amount automatically. Let's say, for example, that you set up an advanceable mortgage on a property of 500000 with a line of credit of 100000 and that in year one of holding that mortgage, you've paid down $20,000 in principal. By the end of year one, your line of credit would have automatically increased by that equal amount. Advanceable mortgages are primarily available with the big six banks and a few other financial institutions like Manulife. Some lenders, however, will not offer them for a property held in a holding company or on rental properties. And some require that you lock in a fixed rate mortgage for the mortgage component. So pay attention to the fine print. So what are the benefits to you as an investor? Due to the auto line of credit increase, you can reaccess any equity you accumulated in the property through mortgage paydown without requalifying, and that is a key point. This is capital you can use for reserves, future down payment, or future investing. Also, with advanceable mortgages, you can hedge against interest rate increases by slicing the mortgage and the line of credit components. For example, you can have one component of your mortgage in a fixed rate and another component in a variable rate. Finally, this product allows you to roll the line of credit balance into a mortgage at any point in time. And as you pay down that mortgage, you reaccumulate the pay down on the line of credit all over again. If you need guidance with opportunities to utilize advanceable mortgages within your portfolio or wish to develop a complementary financing roadmap to grow your portfolio, our team at Streetwise Mortgages will help you unlock your possibilities. Email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Awesome. Thanks, Dahlia. As usual, super insightful. And, uh, and guys, reach out to Streetwise Mortgages. They will be able to help you scale your portfolio and maneuver through all the different lenders. I know they've helped me tremendously and helped me leave my nine to five job over the years. So I hope that uh, you guys have you know, a good team in place because that team is going to be critical in your success moving forward, whether it's mortgage brokers or contractors or you know property managers and all that good stuff in between. On that note, I do want to mention that there are a couple tickets left for 
the Inspire Beach Retreats in Cobaconk, Ontario. Uh, that is going to be August 9th, 10th, and 11th. So send me a message if you are interested in attending and I can send you more details. But on that note, let's uh, bring in Tristan Ritchie for our podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Tristan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Good. Now you are up in Sudbury, but before we start talking about Sudbury, because I know it is a hot market, it has been for 2021 and I'm sure it will continue Give us a little bit of info on uh, who you are and how you got started in real estate investing. So my name is Tristan Ritchie. I'm a investor and a realtor here in Sudbury, and I've been investing since the age of 20 years old. So my going into my fourth year of university, my dad's always gotten into it and I would follow him to all his appointments. And when I found out what refinancing was, I was just blown out of the water about it. And I was like, man, this is like the best way to build wealth. So I got obsessed then. And then I've been, so I got in the business because I wanted to help people do it as well. But I've been like, I love just doing it myself. Very cool. So what kind of strategy are you currently doing from a real estate standpoint? Is it buy and hold? Is it like conversions? Is it flipping? It's, it's a mix of both. So I, I've, I've, I've got a few, four flips on the go right now. I got two burrs that I'm working on as well. And then I have a few that I'm looking to just buy and hold and like, it'll be like a four or five year burr, I guess you could say, or maybe even shorter if it happens to be that way. But I don't, I personally, I don't love the cash for keys method. I, I feel a little bit bad, <laughs> but um, in certain cases it could be beneficial to both buy, uh, buyer and the tenants. So, I mean, I think it's interesting that you're doing a few things and I think it's also interesting that you're a realtor and an investor. What came first? Was it the realtor piece or that you had interest in or was it the investor piece? It was actually the investor piece. So I, when I was still in university, I bought my first property. I rented it out to students. I lived upstairs for free. I was actually making four or $500 a month living in the upstairs, small one bedroom apartment. And then a year after that, I, want, I knew I wanted to get in the business myself. I always wanted to invest in real estate. Um, but then I decided to get into uh, like become a realtor so I could kind of understand the market more and get more involved in it. The only negative was at the time, I just had to wait two years to buy my next property because I couldn't use my own income, right? Because it was a uh, commission based. So I guess you can do private lending in that sense, but I wasn't quite ready for that at the time. But now looking back, I, you definitely should have. I definitely should have. <laughs> you know, that's funny too, because like, so for, for anyone thinking, hey, why is this, this two years? Because most big banks require two years of taxes in order to qualify you or three months of a T4 income if you've got a, you know, a job from an employer. But if you're self-employed, they're, they're looking for two years. And so you've got to do your taxes for two years. But it is interesting because when I first started too, I didn't even know that there was a whole other thing you know, called B lenders or potentially credit unions or private lenders. You just really think of the big banks and, oh, that's what they say. And unfortunately, you probably could have, and I could have as well, scaled a lot faster in the beginning had you know some of this information been brought to light. I was going to say, I feel like even if you know about it, when you're early on in your process, you don't have the same confidence. So going could be a little bit scary as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes even just growing your team and having the right team in place to help you maneuver through that, right? Because a, a typical mortgage broker that doesn't work with investors is likely going to say, sorry, you don't fit into these big bank options. And if they're not like investors and they haven't used like, you know, scaling methods for investors, they're probably not going to be able to give you the right insight as well. That's just my, my two cents. No, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So let's talk about Sudbury and, you know, that Sudbury, let's talk about Sudbury, what happened in Sudbury and, you know, since 2020, like in the last couple of years. And then let's, let's talk about what you think, you know, there's what opportunities there might be still uh, in that market for 2022. So we'll start a little, like, so the last two years have been crazy in Sudbury. We've never seen an increase like this ever. So historically, we've been a flat, relatively flat, one to 3% increase on a yearly basis, kind of steady. Um, and you could expect, like, I remember talking to people from down South looking to invest in Sudbury and they were, I was telling them, Hey, you can get, you can get above 10% cap if you're in some of the certain areas of Sudbury and in the good areas of Sudbury, you're like six, seven, eight. So, but now we're way past that. Um, <laughs> the, the margins are a lot lower, but you could still buy cash flowing properties in Sudbury. So over the last two years, we've seen, the biggest thing, which I think most of Canada has seen is a decline in, in inventory. And we're at an all time low right now, hovering around 450 active listings. And in a normal balanced market here in Sudbury, we're between 13 and 17, depending if you're it's winter or summer. Um, so we're at basically like a third of what we normally would be for a balanced market, um, which has been driven a lot by investors buying the lower end properties. So let's say 350 and under and doing the burst strategy. Then those people have been spending their money and buying their step up home in Sudbury, the 450 to 650. And those people have been buying the up to a million. And it was very rare to see a million dollar sale in Sudbury. And several times this year, we've seen a couple, couple of weeks. So it's, uh, it's been quite different. The bidding wars finally hit Sudbury and uh, <laughs> first time ever. And it's been quite the ride, but there's still opportunities out there. Are these investors mostly from like the GTA? A big chunk. So out of the, yeah, big chunk, probably 40% of the sales I did this year have been investors from down South. A lot of them didn't even, haven't even seen the properties. They just trusted me enough. I'd go through, take a video. We do a pre-inspection and yeah, so they've been really buying up, but it's not the super expensive um, rental properties that they're buying up, right? They're buying a lot in the like not so great areas or medium areas because they want the they, they want the cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, so we're seeing, and then a lot of the locals I find are buying the higher end properties because they're looking for more of the buy and hold, um, investing close to home, and they don't want to put as much effort. So it's pretty interesting actually. So just to get an idea, maybe you know, share with us something that somebody recently purchased. If if you could share some numbers, just because everyone you know lives in in different areas and and what's cheap for them or what cash flows for them could be a, a different definition. So you know, maybe just share with us like a couple like typical deals that you found you know for your investor clients and what that looked like in terms of like purchase price, if there's a rental budget, like rents, you know, market rents, ARV, if, if you can share some of that. So then, you know, whoever wants to write it down can, and, uh, you know, get a, a better idea of, of what that market really is. For sure. Are your clients, do you find the listeners mostly looking for the like duplex triplex type of investments or a little bit larger? I mean, I think it's a mix, but I think ultimately, you know, yeah. what's the ROI based on different strategies um, and, and what seems to work or what are you seeing that works really well in Sudbury? I mean, obviously I'm sure there's more than one thing, but if you had to kind of yeah. average it out. So there's a, there's a lot, the problem is, so a lot of people want to do the burst strategy, which is the best strategy to grow my favorite exponentially fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the only problem now is it's just, everyone knows about it. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone wants and everyone's competing for those same properties. 
So the, the key, I like, you rarely find a vacant property in Sudbury. If you put vacancy in your conditions, there's no way they're accepting your offer. So a lot of the success that I've seen from a lot of my clients have been investing in properties where they actually do the cash for keys or they have conversations with the tenants or they actually move tenants to their other properties while they're doing the renos and the, the refinance and, and a burr, a burr strategy. So it's now it's like dealing with tenants a lot, which is where the opportunity is um, because you're, you're getting a lot of the low rents because in Sudbury, not only has our prices gone up, but our rents have shot up in the last two and a half years. So if you're, if you have anyone that's been in their apartment for longer than a, a year and a half, they're below market rent by quite a bit. So yeah. that affects the, your, your cash, your cash flow when, when you're purchasing a property. In terms of an example, a lot of my clients, they're buying duplexes or so a triplex, you're probably paying 350 to 400 for something that needs work. And then, so for example, one that just sold that needed a ton of work, um, the basement unit had a flood, but it was completely renovated before they were going to sell it. Then there was two units. They were identical units, um, full of smoke. Like it was some of the most disgusting units I've been in. Um, and full of just dirt everywhere. I just don't know how they lived in the unit like that. But so it sold for 380. Um, the reno, I had a client that probably guesstimated 80. If you subcontract your own subcontractors or 120, if you're going to just have a general contractor, just take care of it yourself. Um, that's two new kitchens, two new bathrooms, all new flooring throughout um, drywall, and then just a couple emergency expenses as they always come up. I'm sure, you know, and at, in that case, then you'd refinance. We were conservative at the 520, but you could probably get closer to the 550, 560, um, depending how nice the work you did, um, what kind of kitchens you put in and all that. So the, and then you're getting 15, 15 and 1100 in the basement for, for rents. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, here you're not finding, you're not finding a purchase price of, of that unless you're, you know, again, I think you're probably three and a half hours now in 2022, you know, in either direction out of the GTA. I mean, I'm sure you can find it if you go west, if you go east, if you go north, you know, I think North Bay, Sudbury are, are some, some good opportunities for 2022. You know, if somebody is not interested in the renos and you mentioned, obviously the rents have gone up year over year. I mean, somebody's that's there for two years, is already way below market rents. I think from a conversion standpoint, those new units uh, not subject to rent control will be great, but the other two are not. So I guess my question is, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to be dealing long t- with long-term, is there a short-term, mid-term type of strategy that's an option out there? Like, is there a, an Airbnb market in Sudbury? Surprisingly, there is. <laughs> and not many people are taking advantage of it yet. I certainly want to. I, I don't have any of my units as Airbnb yet because I'm I'm trying to do the least amount of headaches possible. And I, I haven't figured out the systems yet to be, get it, to be able to have, I don't want to have a call saying, oh, the cleaning lady didn't go, go through, right? So I'm trying to figure that out. But I have a few friends, a few clients that are doing the Airbnb. They're almost getting double the amount of rent on a- who are the who are the renters like or the the clients like are they homeowners in between houses or can doing construction on their own houses or are they tenants or are they tourists contract employees mostly so i know the mines get a lot of contract employees they bring up executives so that's some of the higher end rentals um not so much vacation properties um although there are a few in the outskirts because we do have a ton of lakes out here so that would be an opportunity. I know there's a few million dollar properties that are Airbnbs uh, right now on our biggest lake on Ramsey. And then there's, there, there, yeah, so mostly it's contractors that are coming up here. They want a short stay week, two weeks at a time. And sometimes it's even companies that pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that strategy. Like when I first started, I was doing the whole long-term rental piece. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but then I got into the short-term stuff. Then I got into the midterm stuff. I'm like, this is, you know, sweet market. Of course, there's like pros and cons to every single strategy and every rental strategy. But you know, when I look at like some of the cash flow and then just the, t- like the types of clients and how you have a l- little bit more control, or I should say a lot more control, it, it becomes in the right locations, not everywhere is going to work for this, but in the right locations, it becomes the opportunity of choice for now until the government starts meddling into our business again, which I'm sure is, you know, happens every, every so often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So from your standpoint, let's talk about your portfolio. Is it all in Sudbury? All in Sudbury. Yeah. I just know the market so well. I feel it's the best place for me. I'm looking to expand eventually, but for now Sudbury and then maybe, oh, the, the Island actually, it's, it's not really a district that I work in, but the Island is about an hour drive from here. And it's the biggest, largest freshwater island in the world, Manitoulin Island. And that has great Airbnb potential. Tons. You know what? That's, that's probably a brand new area that we haven't ever discussed on the show. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm not trying to get into it, but that's just a cool opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind looking into it a little bit more. But is that, so that's an Airbnb opportunity for, for who would be the client though? Vacations, hunters, fishermen, families just going out. Like, I know that's, that's our go-to place when we just need a, need a weekend off. Just head there. There's a bunch of opportunity. It's just such a great place. So not so much the guys that are working in the mines or the ladies that are working in the mines. Um, But I think that like, so the, you know, what I do like, there's a lot of fundamentals, obviously that that market meets, you know, being 
in, in, you know, the area where there are mines and there's opportunity, there's schools, there's universities, there's hospitals. I think the population yeah. is, is growing, which is good. What insights can you share maybe about Sudbury? I mean, you know, obviously the, the ones that I discussed, but anything else that like, you know, just being local? Yeah. So the biggest thing would be the, the Kingsway Entertainment District. So yeah, we do have those call. We do have a, a university and two colleges, which is a large majority of our jobs. Um, we have the hospital, which is like the hub of the north. If like Timmins or North Bay and some of the further out cities, they need a, a bigger surgery, they come to Sudbury. So some of the Airbnbs are for that as well. Um, and then we have the mines, which employs a lot of people. But we also have the CRA, which employs over three thousand people, which is about two percent of our population. And those are all great high paying jobs, homeowner jobs and good renters. But the Kingsway Entertainment District is it's um a, it's going to be a big casino, a new arena, and they're going to have a ton of like shops, um, just different uh, entertainment things in this district. So one of the biggest developers in Sudbury has been working on this for a couple of years. Understandably, when there's a big project, there's always some naysayers complaining about it. So once they get past that, um, obviously there's pluses and minuses of where they decided to put it, which is a little bit further out of downtown, which is what most people are complaining about. But ultimately that's going to create a bunch of jobs, uh, a lot more opportunity to visit Sudbury. We're going to be able to have better concerts in Sudbury, a new arena for both of our professional sports teams. So they, they see potential in the KED and building it and having enough population to to fuel it and, and get income from it. So that's, that's a good sign for Sudbury. I, I see, and I'm excited for it to be up and running so I can go enjoy it. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then in terms of, cause obviously setting up your team, right. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people listening to this, they might say, I like the sound of Sudbury. I don't have a team. How do I get, how do I invest remotely? I mean, and maybe people are in Sudbury and they're doing that, which is cool, but I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people that are listening are probably within the GTA, potentially in Vancouver and Alberta. I mean, we have listeners from across Canada. Having a good contractor, having a good property manager is key. How would you recommend that somebody find the team? And it could be anywhere. It could be, it doesn't have to be in Sudbury, but their team in general remotely. So there's a lot of communities, investment communities that are, that discuss and have good insight. So that's one of the main reasons, uh, main ways to find a good team is asking other people that are investing in the same area as you. Um, asking me, I have a ton of connections, all sorts. The contractors are super busy up here though right now. So I know a lot of my go-tos are, they're like, they're telling me to stop sending them business um, for now at least. And, um, and, and a property manager, like if you contact a good property manager, they should have all the connections that you need. And there's a few good ones here in Sudbury as well. How does somebody find a good property manager? Because we hear lots of stories, right? With some that are better than others, some that have no clue what they're doing and everything in between. You know, what are some insights to finding a good property manager in your opinion? Again, re references are huge. Um, finding out how many units they have and how big their team is to help them with those units. I found that has been huge. Um, there's some that just grow too fast. You know, they're really, really good for six months, a year. I send them a bunch of business and then it gets a little bit overwhelming. And, and like anything, you go through growing pains, nothing against that. It, it happens. Um, but, so I think knowing the size of their team, helping them and who's part of their team, um, that can go a long way and making sure they're not doing too many things. They're really focusing on their property management. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Awesome. So what's next for you? Like, where are you taking your own investments? 
I, I'm trying to get bigger properties now. So I'm looking at the eight to looking at a 14 right now. Just I'm trying to get these smaller ones doing the flips for the capital to buy the bigger properties. Um, although in Sudbury now you're, they're wanting a lot for them. So you're, you're not getting, usually you're not getting them with 25% down. You have to put a little bit more down than you'd want to, or use a private lender for some of the funds. And then you refinance once you uh, turn over a couple of units. Cause all it really takes is a couple of units to be turned over and then you're laughing, mm -hmm. but how long does that take? Right. If it's a nice building, well taken care of, sometimes people just love being in it. So, um, I know a lot of my clients have done cash for keys. I, I've never done cash for keys. I'd prefer just to wait, wait it out a little bit and, and see where that goes, but that's probably, and also the short-term rentals. So some of my units would be perfect for that. So that's something I want to explore as well to increase the cash flow on a monthly basis. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him Instagram, which is at Blackjack Contracting Inc. And like he says, he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives. So when you have Blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So guys, 100%, I recommend Blackjack Contracting. I will say that Finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, right? Because especially when you get into the multifamily where there's more than five units, the NOI based on the cap rate is going to be critical to you being able to get your refinance and likely your money out. And so when you're talking about cash for keys and you're talking about turning over the units, that's why, right? It's, it's to be mm -hmm. able to refinance because as soon as you get into like the five or more units, unless it's with RBC, because RBC does still residential for five and six units, but any, anybody else that you're going to get financing from, they're going to look at like what the income is net of all the expenses. And if you can raise that, that helps you and it could sometimes dramatically increase the value of the property so that you can do a proper refi. And it could even just mean getting the tenants out that are underpaying and putting new ones that are paying market and like just doing a little bit of like painting or something, right? Like you don't always have to do on these bigger buildings, huge renos. I mean, you can, but some of them don't require that. It's, it's all a numbers game. So from a financing standpoint, it's completely 
different. I don't know if there's anything that you want to add uh, or from some of your experience of what you're looking at, uh, Tristan, on your end with those larger multi. No, that, that's exactly it. So the beauty of it is they don't always look at your personal holdings. They actually look at it as a, just a business. So here's what you're getting. Um, here's what the income is. They add all their extra maintenance and and vacancy and all that to their, their own calculation. So if you know that that's a good learning opportunity is, is knowing exactly what appraisers and your mortgage broker is looking at to evaluate a property. So I already know what my refinances is going to be once I raise the rents so I can calculate what money I can pull out eventually. And that'll probably, that might change in two years. If the market keeps going up, our cap rates aren't going to be 5.5% in Sudbury anymore for a refi. It'll be, maybe a, a five or a 4.9, right? So at that point, my refinance will be even higher. So I, I might have to put a little bit more down payment now, wait till the couple, three, four, five, or six turnover. Then at that point you refinance and then I can pull some of my down payment out. Yeah, you brought up a good point. Like cap rate compression is actually a good thing, right? And as a, as a new investor, sometimes this concept is harder to grasp because you think that a higher cap rate is better, but on a refi, you know, if the cap rate is lower than what you purchased it from, it actually helps the value go up. It's kind of like an inverse relationship. Yeah, that's funny. It is true. And that's kind of what you're looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you ideally want to buy high and you want to refi at a low cap. So um, exactly. how should somebody look and see what the area cap rate, I mean, you, you talked about 5.5 in Sudbury, but like somebody that's looking into the market for the first time, you know, obviously from a, a residential standpoint, when it's just a, a house or a duplex, you're just looking at comparables. Share with us, if you don't mind, and I can jump in as well, how to look at comparables for those bigger multis. It's hard for comparables for the bigger multis because there's not, in Sudbury at least, there's very little that sell. Mm-hmm. But in terms of cap, so I usually look like the biggest determining factor in Sudbury, we don't really use, because there's not many that sell, we don't use like a price per unit. That's kind of all over the place in Sudbury. Mm -hmm. So we strictly pretty much use cap rate to determine the value of a property or at least close. And then the, the, just like the field test, when you walk through it, you're like, oh, wow, this is like immaculate, right? There's a, then you add 60, 70,000, depending. But yeah, cap rate and sub usually we're looking around like definitely below six for the bigger uh, properties. Unless you're in our worst area, then you can get seven, eight, depending on the condition. So some people, that's their strategy, right? You're, they'll look in the worst area, but they get a lot higher cash flow if you can get okay tenants. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one thing too. In Sudbury, our 85% of our landlord and tenant board disputes are from the flour mill and the Dunneman. Hmm. Why? It's, it's our quote unquote ghetto. Okay. Like lower end, <laughs> lower quality. Um, so these, are, just, these are in the neighborhoods. These are the areas that the majority of the, okay, got it, got it. Neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly. And I think for cap rate, like, you know, the only thing I would just add is, is, you know, check, and like you said, if there's not a whole lot of stuff that's sold, but like you'd look at other comparables of what the cap rates were for other commercial types of properties. And then, you know, you see what, what that is, but probably even working with an appraiser that has done it recently for others, they likely have a cap rate in mind and just working with a good mortgage broker and a good appraiser so that maybe you have an idea of what the cap rate looks like. You know, maybe it's part of your due diligence when you have a building. Cause like if you're calculating something on a five cap, but they're selling it at a four cap ultimately, but there's a, it's a five cap in the market. You probably don't want to be buying it at a four cap. 
you want to be refinancing or selling it at a four cap, but not necessarily buying at a lower cap rate than what you want to buy it for, if that makes any sense. I know it can get quite confusing with cap rates, but. Yeah, no, um, that's totally right. Every three, four months, I message a appraiser and I just find out where the cap rates are at. So we're at 5.5 in Sudbury. Um, so other than Sudbury, I mean, there's obviously a, a greater area of Sudbury, you know, are there other pockets? I know we talked about the Island, Manitoulin Island, um, anything, anything else to keep a pulse on? So yeah, we're, we're quite a, a wide a city in terms of geographic region. So we have the outskirts in Sudbury, which are the Valley, um, Chelmsford and Lively. And for us, it's kind of a luxury to be out there personally, because my, my business, I like to be in Sudbury, but being in the outskirts, the values do not go down that much. Like they're not that much lower. Actually the highest increasing area in all of Sudbury this year was the Valley at 22%. Um, and because of that, because you're in the outskirts in Sudbury, like snowmobiling, squatting, you're just close to the outdoors. You just a shorter drive to your camp or cottage. Because of those reasons, a lot of people would prefer to be in the outskirts and a large majority of our homes are, are out there. So if you're looking to invest, it, it's not really, it's not frowned upon at all to be in the outskirts. The other good thing about being there is most of your tenants that you're going to get will need to have a car, which means they probably have a job. They probably are working citizens, right? So you have a little bit less chances of having a lower quality tenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Some great insight. That's awesome, Tristan. So the next part of the podcast is light, lightning round. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at Margaret at Complete pminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right. Question number one was your favorite real estate investing book. Ooh, I'd have to say the fix and flip one. I forget who the author is. Oh, Brandon. Is that, uh, no, that is Canadian guy, right? Ian. Yeah. 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 Ian Zabo. Yeah. Great book. All right. Question number two, not necessarily real estate related, but it can be. Do you have a favorite podcast? Yeah, All In with uh, Chamath Palapatia. And they're just super knowledgeable in the global economy. And I feel like that has a big impact on just trends. And I like to stay up on the trends because I feel like that affects my business, but also just I find it super interesting. Okay. All right. Very cool. Question number three, what do you do for fun aside from investing in real estate? I play basketball almost every day. And hanging out with my daughter. All right, awesome. How old's your daughter? She's almost six months. Oh, nice. Question number four: If you lost all of your assets, all your money tomorrow, how would you start again? I would do private lending and just invest in real estate. <laughs> right. Now that I know, if you have the same knowledge, then you, yeah, that's the fastest way, in my opinion, to build wealth. Awesome. And last question: If somebody has fifty thousand dollars, they want to get started. How would you recommend they best spend that money? Uh, an easy burr in uh, a, a city that you can afford it with a little bit of work. So northern cities would be good because you can put twenty five percent down. Or sorry, you can put five percent down if you're owner occupied, and then you 
put a little bit of money into it doing the renos and then you refi and then you'll have 50k again hopefully <laughs> and then you can move out and do it again <laughs> exactly exactly house hacking awesome awesome all right that was our lightning round tristan where can my listeners reach out and find out more so uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Real Richie. I post a lot of information about real estate there. And then um, just email tristan.richie at gmail.com. And I love answering questions and just chatting real estate. All right. Awesome. It was a pleasure having you on, Tristan. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.